Yes, we're back and we'll explain why it's been a bit of a wait very shortly. Rugger Matrix, of course, brought to you by Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits and all manner of other tracking devices, cradles, you name it. It's all there at strike.com.au. Check them out and you get 10% off. And tonight, we go back to the future, back to Les Kiss as he talks about the Autumn Series and the one that got away against the All Blacks, also the Wallabies. There's plenty to talk about with England as well. And of course, looking forward to the next Six Nations and the Heineken Cup. It's all before us. Rugger Matrix International, brought to you by Strike. Yes, hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International. We've been back after a couple of months. It's been amazing. In fact, the last guest we had is this guy over my shoulder, Les Kiss. Yes, it's been a while. I've had to take care of some accounting duties because the last four years have been so busy. It all sort of caught up with me. I had to get it done. Otherwise, I could have been in a bit of strife. So um, anyway, it's all done. And I'm happy to be back here for Rugger Matrix International, episode 180. Les Kiss, how are you doing? Bronk, how are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm going very well, thank you, mate. I, uh, I'm glad you got those affairs sorted. <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to have to visit you in jail or something like that, mate. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> what about the... Uh, is that a hat, mate? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I use that trick too. <laughs> Just every it's now and then. falling out or going grey, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Les, well, thank you very much for joining us. I haven't got that long with you, but I thought we'd just get a show out of the way after the Autumn Internationals. And what a pulsating series across the Northern Hemisphere we've had. And I guess we'll start with the games that are relevant to you and I, Les. Uh, the Australia game, the Ireland, and I want to talk about the New Zealand Ireland game as well. Let's start with the good news for you, Les. What an epic uh, game against the All Blacks. Now, that's the first time you've pushed them to the war. I remember in that second test in New Zealand, not so long ago, you came oh, oh so close to pipping them. But you did everything possible. You went out to a really big lead, and the lads just got pipped by the Kiwis right at the final whistle. In fact, I guess you've got to say, in the injury time. Yeah, it's a little bit devastating, that's for sure. It's... Um... I'm not sure if it was good news, uh, as you put it at the beginning there, Bronk, but uh, certainly some positives to take from it. Um, you know, it's the third game into a new regime and uh, or a new management, and uh, we needed something to happen and, and go forward in a progressive way, and, and, and the boys put something together pretty special. Uh, unfortunately, we just weren't uh, capable of just taking those last couple of steps to nail that, that, that elusive victory and make some history. But um, look, some real good positives to come from it. But they're a class team, New Zealand, and uh, uh, to go 14 uh, wins in a calendar year is pretty huge. Um, so it's, it's a massive achievement by them. We can go into detail about uh, how they got a second kick at the end, but uh, I just want to ask you, how did you manage to... Uh, compete so well against the All Blacks in that first half in particular? Uh, was it a case that maybe they'd fatigued a bit, or, but uh, I guess I don't want to take away from your game plan at all? Yeah, look, though, it's usually one of the um, statements that come up 
on any team that's at the end of their season that, 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 that there might be a fatigue factor. Uh, when we smashed Argentina at the end of the year last year, 48 to something, it was it was put on the back of fatigue. Um, New Zealand getting beaten by England last year, a little bit of it was put to fatigue. When the southern Hem- uh, northern hemisphere teams travel south, people say that you know at the end of the season there are some fatigue factors. But ultimately, I think um, whilst some of those things may be relevant, I think in Test match rugby it's about you know putting your hand up for that game and and uh, ensure that you you represent your country well. And I think most people and most players would do that. So you know some people might allude to that, but I think overall. The, the pace at which we played the game, uh, we controlled the error rate early. Uh, we created quick ball. Uh, it wasn't anything fancy. It was just simple stuff um, that got us on the front foot. And uh, uh, we got two quick tries. The third try came. We forced a, an error through the defence. And um, suddenly Rob Carney sprinting 60, 65 metres. It's, it has become 80, 90, as you can imagine, uh, Rob, Rob talking about that. But it, <laughs> he's sprinted the field to score. And... And suddenly we're 19 nil up, so it uh, it certainly was an exciting time. Um, but you know, it's 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 about the whole game. It's about every minute of the game that we talk about. And you know, as we moved into the second half, we we had an intention to play with the tempo and keep attacking, and we just couldn't control the game as well as we would have liked. And um, in the end, we just gave them too much, and and we were running low, obviously, and and they came home. It, it was pretty fascinating really when you look at the video again because um, there are a lot of turning points and, and, and major points throughout the game that could have tipped it even further our way but they certainly kept just hanging in. I saw Paul O'Connell on his knees at the end of the game after the second kick was allowed to be taken. By the way, were you, were you happy with that decision? I don't want to say you were happy with the decision but what did you think well, about that? Well, the, the truth of it is... Um, we did the same thing on their previous kick, mm. uh, and was and he kicked it. Otherwise, he would have. But he kicked the goal that time, Cruden, and um, the ref said, "Don't do it again," or warned us that that it would have been a second chance from. So to double up was pretty silly, mind you. Uh, a draw, in some ways, a draw would would have been worse to take. I think, um, you know what they say about a draw, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know we we wanted to win. We wanted to make history. The boys were driven to to do that. And um, you know it, it was a big play by us. And and um, uh, in terms of turning up for that game and a draw, probably I'd still be getting over it now. You know it, it's tough to get over, but that's that's life. Yeah. So Paul O'Connell, he he's just he's just he puts everything in, does he? Doesn't he? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he was, like, You felt so yeah. sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. But himself, um, the whole team. You know. Paul's uh, captaincy was sublime throughout the week in the lead up to the game. He, he certainly put his hand up and started to take real control of, of what that team meant for him and, and, and his group and, and what it meant to be to stepping out into Aviva and, and, and doing a job there. And uh, he was brilliant and he was obviously exhausted at the end of the game. He, he hasn't had a lot of run of games this year and, he, and he's still not at peak fitness. So um, hopefully we will, and I'm sure we will see that come to the fore in the, in the Six Nations. How did Brian O'Driscoll go uh, this autumn series, um, Les, from your point of view? Yeah, Brian, uh, unfortunately, had an injury early in the in the season. Uh, he played his first game back from his off-season was sublime. He had a brilliant match. Then he uh, had an injury. It, it, it kept 
kept at him and he couldn't quite get going. And uh, but we managed to get him on the field for the uh, the Samoa game, and I think he improved on each game. I I think from Brian's standards, it wasn't wasn't top shelf, but I I still think you saw the value of him come through at important times in the game. Um, he, you know, some uncharacteristic errors here and there, but I I don't think that was just sick Drico. Everyone makes those, but I think he improved as it went on, and and the longer he stays on the park and plays games, he'll, he'll be in fine fettle for our next challenges. But uh, I I really felt for Drico. He it's one of those things that he hasn't achieved. Uh, I know at Christchurch last year it was, it was down to the wire again, and and you know certain refereeing decisions that you can argue about might make you happy, but the bottom line is uh, it was a loss there, and again we came so close, and it was it, it was another loss. So I do feel for um, for Drico, and and um, you you don't know when the next chance is to come up and play, play against them, but as it looks, Drico might be finished by the time that happens. We certainly don't have one in the next eight months, and he, I think he's retired at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was wonderful to see him uh, play in the Lions series. I know it was controversial that he didn't play in, in the uh, final test, but, uh, you know, you can't deny that he's had a great career. The other thing, no. is that you've come back from a pretty hefty loss against the Wallabies. How did you address that? Yeah, the, the there was a... A general, uh, I mean, or a collective disappointment in that game. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of new things that we're bringing through with Joe, um, you know, taking the reins and, and bringing in, you know, some some different approaches and different thinking. Um, uh, we've, we've explored different tactical fronts that we want to um, uh, experiment with and. and and see where we can go with them in attack and defence and in set piece. We've got a new set piece coach in, in John Plumtree. Uh, so there was a lot of things that we were, we were, we were putting together in terms of a new sense for the boys, but we didn't want to over inundate them. I don't think we went overboard, but there was still new information and and the guys getting used to that. And I, I think in the Australia game, we we just we just weren't quite tuned into it as we would have liked to. And I think... The New Zealand game was certainly, you could see things become more clear in terms of how we went about our business. And, you know, what I would have loved is uh, another two or three games. And I think you would have seen uh, some real, real, you know, um, uh, things come through that we were working on. And I think we saw enough in the three games, particularly the All Black game, to say that the things that we're looking at are, are definitely the right way to go. And, um we, you know, we don't get much time with them this time of year, but uh, we've got a Christmas camp for, for a night and a, or two days. And then we've got the, uh, the Six Nations. You know, that's seven or eight weeks away, so it's not far, but hopefully we can get a run during the, uh, the Six Nations and uh, over nine weeks and, and, and produce uh, what we did against New Zealand. Oh, I think it's going to give you tremendous confidence and uh, a player like uh, Quade Cooper is now playing with confidence and I think it's improved Will Genia's game. He's getting back towards, he's not there yet, but he's getting mm. back towards that status of the world's best scrum yeah. half. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, that confidence means he's pulling off unbelievable flick passes. He's running yeah. at speed at the line. He's varying the play. Yeah. Ewan, made him, Ewan McKenzie made him vice-captain. And yep. he's and everyone's saying, well, what a surprise! But if you look at his track record, Ewan has shown a lot of belief. Curly Beal before him in 08, yep. and of course yep. he made Quade Cooper the the general 
uh, for the Reds and they won in 2011. So, mm. I mean, you, you and I know him closely, but you, but Les, just a couple of points from you about yeah, how you're not you, surprised you, to see this happen with Quaid. No, not at all. I, you know, there's been some astute moves by Ewan um, since he's become the coach of the Wallabies. Um, you know, you look at their, uh, their matches from day one, you know, it didn't quite click for them and we understand totally um, in actual fact they... They, they uh, empathise with our situation, knowing that things do take time and uh, you've got to be patient. The most important thing, and, and you know how Link was with this, but we're the same here with Joe, we're, it's, it's important that the people that matter truly believe and understand what we're trying to achieve, and that's the people within inside the camp. We, we, we knew we were doing the right things and we just had to be patient and keep working away and, um, and keep demanding things to, to in, ensure that we... Uh, met the standard and, 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 the, and the basic excellence that we're trying to achieve and uh, we just had to keep working away with it. And you can actually see what the last three or four games for the Wallabies has shown. It, it's, things are starting to come through. Confidence is a big part to play in that. And, um, and I also think some very brave and courageous decisions that have been made. Um, you, can't, you can't really shift someone's thinking or a team's thinking unless you make some big decisions and Ewan's had to make a few and I think they've been um, proven to be good decisions and uh, Ben Moen coming in as the captaincy uh, giving Horwell a chance to, to work on his game um, Quaid becoming vice captain and I tell you that he's playing sensational rugby he's, he's actually become more physical um, in defence as well, and hats, hats off to Nick Scrivener there as the defence coach. I, I think they've done a fantastic job with, job with them overall. But besides the fact that he's playing good footy and doing all that and the team are doing that, I, I think uh, what Ewan would be expecting to be building over the last period uh, in terms of culture, we're, we're definitely starting to see that come through now. And um, I think they should be very happy where they are, and I, I, I didn't imagine they'll only improve from now particularly when you've got someone like Falau at the back as well, just makes a huge difference. And when you look at some of the players that come back into them, um, they're going to be a real handful right through to the World Cup. Les, what is it about Wales and Australia? Wales, you know, they've had some close calls, but they just can't beat Australia. And it's been going on for a long time now, what, eight or nine matches or something like that. Yeah, it's fascinating, a, isn't it? It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? And there's a lot of lines yeah. in that team. It was a pulsating test match, unbelievable, at Millennium Stadium last weekend. Yeah, well, people now are saying that if uh, you know if Quaid was playing in the uh, the Australian team with the lines of one and all this sort of stuff, uh, people are starting to question those those situations that existed at the time. But I think um, can I just jump in? You know, I don't yeah. think I don't think Australia would have because the he never performed under the previous coach. And it goes yeah. all the way back to 2011. So, yeah, it's a really yeah. simple idea. He needed to be playing yeah. unbroken and developing. Yeah. And look, and look, it didn't start. It didn't start that great when he came back. But he's been growing in confidence, as we said before. So, yeah, I, I, I say even if Quade played in the Lions series, that wouldn't have delivered victory. I tell you what, it would have made it a bit easier than having a winger play at ten. Yeah, yeah, but look, yeah, those, they, those opinions will abound, and that's fine. But I think. Oh, no, I'm right. Anything, you're, you're always right, mate. But, um, the frustrating thing for Wales is um, obviously, obvious, uh, obviously that they just can't get over the line there. And um, whatever they seem to throw at Australia, Australia seem to be able to, to, to manage and handle. And um, 
and come back and, and, and score late tr points to win a game. And this game, they actually, I thought they were unlucky not to have probably three more tries under the under mm. their belt at, 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 at you know midway through the second half. And um, I think a couple of calls helped Wales, kept them in the game, and gave them a chance to to, to get that result in the end, uh, that close in terms of the result. But but they are brilliant in terms of being able to play a power game when they get going, Wales, and they proved that when they got a bit of ball, got a couple of calls, and then they um, they really came home like a like a train. But uh, but full credit, Australia really really you know become a tough customer again, and um, I think overall the the boys there, uh, the Wallabies should be in a good place, as I said earlier. Look, nothing's guaranteed going forward. It's every every test match is a test in itself, and you've got to prepare and and improve end on because um, you know, they've got to play South Africa and New Zealand uh, a number of times next year in Argentina. So it's and I think they play England in the summer. So uh, oh no, New Zealand play England in the summer. Sorry. So um, you know they've got some tough games coming up Australia, but they're definitely improving. I know you've got a run, Les, but just two more quick ones. England. Uh, beat Australia. Australia were their own worst enemy. Some diabolical mistakes, but some disgraceful efforts from the referees uh, on the field and off the field. I mean, I mean the yeah. uh, the fact that uh, that that try, uh, the winning try, wasn't a uh, an obstruction um, was mm. just incredible by England, and it just goes yeah. to show that um, you know we need to lift the standard in these uh, in these positions yeah. because there's so much at stake. Yeah, yeah. Look, that you know, the foot in the line. There was some real, ob real obvious errors there, which uh, aren't for me to judge the, the the referees on. But I, I know that the the processes looked after will look after those things. Mm. Uh, jo Joel Juch will would have addressed those issues. Uh, you know, the referees are human. Um, you know, they they look at their errors as well, and hopefully they can improve their standards as they go along. But I, you know, it was one that that uh, unfortunately. Would you say a cost Australia? You probably would. It was a 90-meter turnaround, and then they made the, the crucial error that gave them the tr a try as well. The obstruction, you know, hard to take. But then again, sometimes you just have to handle those things and, and nail the things you have to, and and ensure that you don't. They still have you know, plenty of time to win the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but then that's sometimes you need those adversities to really, really challenge you mm. and test you internally and. Um, and, and, and see how you come through it. Through it, you know, the old character building process is always important, and um, I'm sure that certainly helped Australia. Um, look, they by no means would I would I they be saying that they've been perfect on this tour. Uh, even the Italian game um, wasn't perfect, but you could see you could see things starting to really evolve and, and move in a positive direction for them. And uh, that England game uh, was costly. Put they, they would have got got the, the grand slam if that didn't happen. But you know, England. I, you know, they're again, not bad. They're not bad, are they? Yeah, they, yeah, they've stood up. I think their pack power is massive. They use it well. Uh, they use uh, the kicking game of um, of Farrell very well. They've got you know good speed across the park, so they can scramble and defence and save situations. Um, uh, probably missed Manu Tuolangi a little mm. bit in terms of thrust in midfield, but. Um, you know, overall, they're only going to improve. I think Stuart Lancaster is doing a fine job there, and uh, you know, of the the nations up here, that they've come out with the best record in this in this uh, recent uh, internationals over November. So uh, they 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 would have liked more, but they they would feel pretty confident going into the Six Nations. I think. 
And just the last one, Les. Uh, Australia have done well, but can't beat teams above them on the table. They've been lucky with the rankings uh, with that victory over the Wales because this year was a pivotal game for them because if they'd lost the game, it would be nine losses in the calendar year, the worst ever in an Australian mm. professional uh, history. Uh, whereas in the end, they've got four straight, basically, and uh, head into the next season in, on a high. But you look mm. at uh, what Australia's trying to do with the teams above them, South Africa and New Zealand. I mean, I'm really uh, a big fan of what South Africa are building there. Um, is it, athlet- is it, is it mm. athleticism, Les, or is it the coaching now? Because it's just like you look how South New Zealand were managed just to dig deep against you. They also managed to dig deep against England when under the pump. Uh, yeah, no. They just know how to win, but it's always the, the go-to players that produce the goods. Yeah, well, I think there's a few points. Look, it's 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 the mentality, uh, the psychological side of it um, comes into play. The athleticism or the type of athletes that you're preparing with can certainly make a difference if they're bigger, faster, stronger, and and, and then have the the requisite uh, skill sets uh, to complement that. Then you're going to be a dangerous team. New Zealand has that all over them, but coaching has a major part to play. But in my my view, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm of the same view as you. If there's a, if there is a real team that can actually, really, uh, take real strong steps through to the World Cup, I think it's South Africa. I think they're already starting to show it. I think Heineken Mayer is is putting together a really, really, you know, yeah, potent absolutely. mix of game. Uh, they 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 can play to their strength, uh, which is their you know, huge physicality, their forward pack, their driving game. But they can quickly move to some real sublime skill sets in their back line and also they change some of their the tempo back well, don't they? I mean, that's yeah, what New Zealand I've, do as well. I've been fascinated by how they've developed in recent times and uh, their defence is strong. Um, I think they're becoming the package that would uh, would be a real scare for New Zealand going, you know, uh, over the next 24 or 12 to 24 months. Uh, I think they're the real team to watch. Australia will improve and get better. Um, but I do, st- if there's one team I think that could possibly knock off New Zealand you know, over a three test series at the moment, it, it's probably the, all, uh, the Springboks. Um, and uh, I really, I really think they're doing some great things more recently. And um, I think they're only going to be driven to do more. And I think a lot of that credit has to go to Hanika Mayer and his coaching staff for what, how they've changed the way they think about the game, the way they're preparing for their games, the way they're, they're actually um, uh, uh, coaching the team and allowing things to be a little bit more broader in terms of what they bring to the game in their tactical makeup. So overall, they're going to be a package to handle. I tell you, they, they look potent all across the park when you see them at their best. And, uh, when, and no one will forget that match. I think it's the match of the... the of the decade is the uh, New Zealand and, and South Africa uh, uh, Ellis Park, I think it was. It was yes. a, what a fantastic game that was. And uh, you, I think you saw some of those things come through from South Africa then. Yeah, it's great to watch. Uh, Les, I'll let you go now. Just quickly, um, what's the plan for you the next couple of weeks? Obviously, uh, you're looking back at uh, club footy and then Heineken Cup and all that Yeah, well, Heineken stuff. Cup's back on our doorstep. It's amazing, you know. So we've got a lot of interest in our... You know, Leinster home and away to Northampton, um, big games. Munster, some big home and away. Ulster got Treviso home and away, uh, expecting to probably bounce bounce on from their from their start previously. Connaught have a tough one against Toulouse away than home. Mm. So our, our our clubs have got some real challenges over the next couple of weeks. So we're looking forward to seeing that happen. We've got uh, a, a day and a half, two nights basically with the, a, a national squad we'll call in, and and that just leads us uh, into Christmas. But then. 
I like Christmas period. We have the local derbies here. Uh, they're brilliant. And then then it'll be only three to four weeks before we're back, before we have a Wolfhounds match. And then we're into two, two, two uh, home games, two first games of the Six Nations are home matches, Scotland and Wales. So um, there's going to be a lot of expectation around that. Um, so, you know, that's our challenge going forward to to, to get right for that t- that time. And, and, and in between now and then, we've got a lot of games to, to assess the boys in. So... Looking forward to it over the Christmas period, mate. Um, uh, uh, that's that's what it stands for me at this stage. All right, great stuff. And while I've got you, mate, uh, I guess you'd join with me in saying uh, all the very best to Eddie Jones, who is out of uh, hospital uh, yeah. after having a stroke, and uh, you know is a, is a great uh, loyal friend of us on Rugo Matrix, and, and just a friend, full stop. Yeah, yeah t- it's tough when you see those things happen out there to guys and um, look, look, he's on his way to rec- good recovery, so that's the main thing. Yeah, excellent stuff. All right, Kissy, you're looking good in that hat. Looking, You look like a SEAL team member from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm that dangerous. Have you seen Anchorman 2 yet? You're going to have to go and see that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stinging to see it. It's coming through <laughs> shortly. Uh, my son, Lachlan, um, he loved he loved the first one as well, so we're going to go and see it and buy the, buy the beard of Goose. Uh, buy the beard of Goose. <laughs> the, the beard of Zeus. Zeus. Zeus, I'm looking forward to that one, mate. So. <laughs> that was one of your favourites of the Waratahs. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, mate. I look, we had to be a quick one. We're glad we're back on deck. I'm glad I finished all the accounting. And thanks again to Strike for sponsoring us. Uh, strike.com.au. Don't forget to go there to pick up all your phone stuff. I've got to do it. I've picked up a new uh, Nexus 5, Les. So I'm all Google now. Whoa. That's dangerous yeah. too, is it? Oh, it's a good, it's a good piece of hardware. I'll have to come over. I'm, 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 looks like I'll be getting home. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to uh, catch up. Uh, sometime over the next three years, and, uh, <laughs> I might catch. <laughs> Home's Queensland for you, uh, now, isn't it? Okay, mate. All right, mate. There he is, Les Kiss. Cheer, buddy. Thanks There's the wave. Les Kiss joining us from Dublin tonight. Thank you for joining us. As I said, uh, it's been agonising to be away for a couple of months, but we're back, and we'll see you all the way through Christmas, end of the new year, and we'll be chiming in with uh, Lottie Takiri soon too up there at Leinster and see how he is going with Joe Smith's former club. All right, that is it for Rugger Matrix International. We'll speak to you next week.